Blog Talk Radio. of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptaw. With me, as always, Tara Wellman. Um, Tara, it was winter warm-up weekend, winter warm-up that was truncated by the winter part, bringing ice and canceling Saturday's um, activities. We have a little bit, probably less to talk about. Can't talk about extra foul or meeting the fans or anything of that nature. But they did get to, to winter warm-up today, and there seems to be plenty to discuss um, out of the, the limited people that we saw. And the biggest news seems to be that the Cardinals have decided to go to arbitration <laughs> with Carlos Martinez and Michael Walker. They have not had an arbitration case since 1999. Um, and the difference, especially for, for Carlos Martinez, was – well, about as much as they probably made it at, car, at winter warm-up this weekend, at least for Cardinals care. Um, not much, let's put it that way. Are you surprised that they that they seem to be taking this hard line, if you will, with these two guys and really trying the arbitration cases? It's an interesting choice, I think, primarily because we've seen John Mozellex be pretty aggressive in the past um, about avoiding this, this sort of circumstance. Um, and the second reason that I think it's, caught the interest of fans is that it's some pretty significant players with Carlos Martinez and Michael Waka. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about the strategy, a little bit more about um, kind of what led them to this conclusion with these players in particular at this point in their careers. Um, the, the, in both cases, the number that the player has asked for and what the team has offered are not dramatically different. So, um, it's an odd situation and one that seems like it wouldn't really be necessary. And I guess that's my um, sticking point on this whole situation is that it doesn't really seem like it's necessary. So the value of letting it go this route as opposed to just getting a deal done it seems a little bit strained, I think, when you're looking for sort of the silver lining. It is it feels weird. Uh, I mean, and you're talking about a team that has talked about, as somebody pointed out, uh, you know, talk about payroll, payroll muscle, and, and they're going to uh, use that muscle to make sure they keep the payroll low, it seems like. Um, <laughs> $400,000 is the, the difference between Maka and the Cardinals, and, and Martinez is about $350,000. Um, you know, that's, that's you know, less than – than than popcorn sales at Bush Stadium. It seems very strange, like you said, to, to, to draw this line in the stand. Now, John Rosalock has said that, and, and I don't know that it was just these two guys. I wonder. I have a feeling this was going to be team policy this year that anybody that did you know, that that did not settle before the deadline of, of Friday, um, they were going to just go to arbitration with those guys. It just happened to be that Carlos Martinez and Michael Walker couldn't come to agreement, whereas Matt Adams and Trevor Rosenthal and Kevin Seacrest did. Um, 
it just I don't really get this. I, I've I've kind of felt like arbitration is kind of fading out. It don't feels like every year there's fewer and fewer arbitration cases around baseball, and partly because Cardinals and other teams don't want to go in there and say, "Hey, this guy didn't deserve this kind of money." Um, that doesn't seem to be really great for clubhouse chemistry when your GM is telling you you're not worth the money that you think you're worth. Um, do you think there's going to be any kind of blowback or, or issues with, you know, attitudes, especially when the Cardinals are talking about wanting to sign Carlos Martinez to a long-term extension? It just doesn't seem like the best way to go about it. Because of the two guys in particular that we're talking about, I don't really anticipate there to be a, a whole lot of drama at this point. I think, you know, perhaps it's more of a chance for – it's an odd way to do it, but for John Mozalak to get a feel for what these guys are are worth to someone not within the organization, to someone not, you know, signing the checks um, in in one way or another. And and I get that, kind of wanting to get an, a gauge on what you're offering compared to what someone else would, would uh, say this player is worth. Um, but it does have the potential to just make things a little awkward. And um, considering the, the player relations um, conversation, I guess, that has happened with the Cardinals in the last, I would say more in the last year than it has uh, in a while, it doesn't really seem like the best timing to be doing something that could cause any sort of clubhouse tension if that were to become an issue like I said I don't really anticipate that to be the case with these two players in particular but you're right it does sort of set a precedent that um, you know especially two young guys that that John Mozeliak has made very clear are part of his plans for the future of this organization aren't really worth getting a deal done but instead we'll just let it go to arbitration it's just like you said it's very strange and it doesn't necessarily seem like a great way to inspire confidence in the young core that you do have to work with um (laughs) before the season even gets started yeah i mean i guess if mo really wanted to know how much these guys are worth he could pick up the phone call another gm and ask what they would give for carlos martinez Mm -hmm. um he might find out very quickly uh what these guys are worth of course I'm sure he's heard a few of those <laughs> offers this offseason. <laughs> Probably so, I, I would imagine. Um, again, it's just a, it's a little bit strange. And, and I guess there's no no guarantees, I mean, until they actually get into the, the courtroom, if you will, or, or the arbitration hearing. You know, there could always be a settlement. There could always be a, a thing that they're going to rework, um, you know, maybe an extension for Martinez. But it just doesn't sound like that's likely to happen like it did most has has a lot of other times as you know a lot of extensions a lot of settlements have happened in the spring with these guys um not necessarily going to happen this time and so that'll be interesting um obviously it's not going to hurt the cardinals if they lose this case um but you know and i guess they're i guess when you're trying to you know split four hundred thousand dollars you know you might as well go and see if you save the whole thing because two hundred thousand doesn't mean metro if you're gonna meet in the middle but um, I don't know. It just seems very strange, a very interesting approach for a team that is already um, under fire at times for not really spending the money that, that people think they should. Um, it's kind of interesting because people have pointed out on, on um, Twitter that 
uh, with the trade of Jaime Garcia and some of the other uh, people cut off the payroll, um, the additions of Cecil and, and Fowler actually still lower the payroll for this year. Um, and that's not what you would expect, um, but it does give more ammunition to those that are, are, are very critical of the, of the front office. It does, and I think that that's been a conversation that's been developing over the last several years because we keep hearing about the money that's going to be available, the money that we're going to have, the money that we're going to be able to spend. And then that same front office that says we have all this money um, does a lot that, that kind of looks like they're spending money on the surface, but as you said, in reality, it's after getting rid of enough payroll that it's it's still not accomplishing the 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 goal there and that is to go out and spend the money that they make to make themselves better and i think that the full circle argument there is that you you never want a team to just throw money at whatever it'll stick to but the fact is there seem to be in the last couple of years some very specific ways that the cardinals could have been improved and they were not um for for the sake of cost, whether that's whether that's a, a a new salary to add to that payroll or in the players that would have to go out the door in the other way, um, so it is. It, it seems to kind of contradict this overall idea that there's money to be spent when they don't spend the money unless they've also taken off a chunk of it by uh, by eliminating some of those contracts that that were included previously. Yeah, in a couple of years with the free agent markets that are coming up um, and the money that's going to start kicking in, they're just going to have to spend some money somewhere. And, again, you want them to spend it smart. You want them to make the right deals, and you don't want them to just throw around money unless they're throwing it at their team bloggers, and that's perfectly fine uh, to throw right. them at people that are blogging about the team. I mean, that's If they want to throw a couple hundred thousand, a million toward us, um, we'll do the show every day. Um, that's, that's just We'll, we'll set it up. But anyway. Yeah, see, I figured you would be. Uh, I thought I could speak for you in that regard. Um, but, you know, again, I think there is going to have to be a, maybe a mindset change over the next couple of years, especially because I don't think they can continue to do business as they've been doing business unless, they, you know, unless you win a World Series um, and get a free pass from some, some people. Cardinals, uh, again, today Randall Gritchick comes out. And happens to mention, oh, by the way, I had knee surgery to start the off season, uh, which is just exactly what fans wanted to hear. Um, is that you know a guy that's probably needs to be a huge asset uh, is recovering from knee surgery. Now it sounds like it wasn't a big deal. He's gone through the rehab. He's ready to go and all that kind of fun stuff. But you know, it's the Cardinals. It's injuries. It's surgery. Uh, is this a concern? I think it's a bit more of a concern at least my initial concern was more that he played on an injured knee all of last season the knee started bothering him in may and he played on it the rest of the year and we wondered why the guy was a little bit inconsistent um again it kind of goes back to this this general philosophy as far as how this organization seems to deal with injuries and that is to not deal with injuries (laughs) Um, until it becomes absolutely necessary. And I guess to me that was the thing that that I was a little surprised by was that this was something that um, was enough that he tried to work his way around answering the question. I was watching some of the videos that were posted today, and he kind of tried to avoid saying, yeah, it was really bad. 
Um, but he pretty much all but said, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, and, you know, the fact that we didn't hear anything, the fact that it was never part of the conversation, not that they're obligated to tell us every time a, a player is injured, um, but nonetheless, if it's impacting their performance on the field, it might have been an explanation, if nothing else. So, um, you know, if he, he and the team decided to play on it through the rest of the season and, and then get something done, that's, uh, that's a different question, I think, as to what the, the wise – uh, choice would have been there, um, but it's certainly not what you want to hear coming into a new season. We're expecting a lot out of the guy um, to to know that he's coming off of another injury that was significant enough that he had to have off season surgery and and was um, about a month or so in uh, just the rehab process that set him back in his typical off season regimen. Well, I mean, he just watched Trevor Rosenthal and figured, you know, if it's good enough for the closer than it or the semi closer, right. it was good enough for good enough for him. That is that, that does tend which, to be which worked out really well. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, nobody could ever question the the effectiveness of Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal season, um, at least not Sung Wano's agent. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's again the team actually knew about this, but I guess that's something. Um, and, and they did what they could do with it. It is, I think, a very interesting and probably one of those subtle poker moves of Mo that they didn't announce the surgery when it happened because then people, you know, like Dexter Fowler and others are probably, you know, raising their price a little bit because there seems to be a more pressing need at center, even though, you know, there already was a pressing need. Um, it looked even worse if, if uh, Randall Gritchick has surgery. So it's kind of interesting that that was not announced until, you know, everything is all well and settled um, to let people know. And, and again, it, there's no requirement for them to do that. There's no, um, you know, you have to let us know at this time, but you know, you know, a lot of times they do. And so I think it's very interesting that we're just finding this out, you know, here at winter warmup instead of, you know, a couple of days after the season. Let's um, see. What else is coming out of there? Oh, go ahead, Jim. No, I was just Mo kind of takes two steps forward with fans, and then, oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> maybe a little step backward uh, in the way that he's handled players in the last uh, couple of seasons. But hopefully, you know, the fact that it's taken care of uh, he seems to be back at 100%. This will be a non-story by the time baseball actually starts. Hopefully so. I, I don't know. I just it, it feels like the uh, approach of the uh, of the front office maybe toward the fans is a little bit different than it was. But um, you know, maybe that's just <clears throat> just a strange feeling that uh, there is just out of the stuff that that we're seeing. Um, uh, Greg Garcia wants to play every day. Uh, of course, everybody <laughs> wants to play every day. Um, and it doesn't sound, I mean, just kind of skimmed the story earlier. It doesn't sound like he's necessarily expecting to play every day or really pushing that, but he's just kind of preparing to play every day if he can. Um, again, your third base is kind of iffy right now. You've got Johnny Peralta. You've got maybe Jed Jerko. You know, Greg Garcia could see a lot of time there. I mean, is that a possibility or a very strong possibility? I think that, Greg Garcia is a, a great piece for the Cardinals to have at their disposal. I don't know that Greg Garcia is going to have the 
career that he wants in that role with the Cardinals. I'm not sure um, that even if he comes to spring training and tries his very best to prepare as an everyday player, that he's going to be able to unseat Johnny Peralta or Jed Jerko unless something dramatic happens. I mean, we saw the, the, the way that that was planning to work, the way that it was supposed to work with Aledmus Diaz, who by all indications was going to be the better shortstop than uh, Johnny Peralta or than, you know, anyone that they brought in to have a shot. Uh, And he really only ended up having it because everyone else got hurt. So, Barring something like that, which is certainly not what I would like to see happen, I think it's an uphill battle for Greg Garcia simply because um, the guys that are ahead of him offer a little bit higher ceiling if they're playing well than what we've seen from Garcia. He was he was fantastic in the roles that he played last year, but he did tend to get a little often the more regularly that he played. Now, if he can work on some of those things that were a bit of a problem when he played on a a more regular basis, then that's great. Um, There just aren't too many opportunities for him to find a spot in an everyday role on this infield, the way that it's drawn up right now. And that's, that's unfortunate for him, but it doesn't mean that he won't still have a very significant role with this team. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I I feel like he was a bit overexposed as he was out there all the time. It was kind of that, that swing of the season, you know, early in the year is like, why is Greg Garcia not out there? You know, Colton Wong's struggling. And then by the end of the year is, why is Greg Garcia still out there? Why can't we get Colton Wong out there? You know, and then it's just the way that the fandom is. But it was part of that. It felt like he was, he was, as the more he played, the less effective he got. So we'll, we'll see if, you know, preparing for an extra thing, we'll, we'll let that happen. Um, again, it's it's possible. There is an option there. Um, it just doesn't feel like that's a very very likely option. Speaking of Colton Wong, apparently he made it to winter warm-up um, and uh, says, you know, apparently he's a little bit, you know, a little bit humbler after last year. He's not, you know, predicting any anything. He says he's not even going into the season expecting to be the second baseman, which given the way he was used last year is probably a, a good idea. Um, you know, what do, I mean, do you think Colton Wong's mindset is going to be, I mean, we've talked about Colton a lot and how emotional he can be. Um, is there a way for him to come into this with the right mindset and really, really um, show what he can do? I think this is probably the very best mindset for Colton to have. And that is just, look, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to get on base. I'm not going to try to become something that I'm not in order to earn playing time. In fact, I heard him say in one comment about this today, (laughs) he basically said, if what I'm doing isn't good enough here, it'll be good enough somewhere else. (laughs) So that's not necessarily what you want to hear from a guy to be your everyday second baseman. But I think he's kind of resigned to the fact that it doesn't have to be St. Louis or nothing. You know, that doesn't have to be what defines his career. And what will define his career is how he goes about his business and what he does to make himself better. And I think that Colton's a great kid. I think that um, the, the work that he's put in um, is all very genuine. And I think all of those emotions that we see season that he had were very real and it was very just honest and and 
whatever it was he was going through. But it seems to me that right now he's in the best mindset he can be in. Not necessarily, well, if it's not here, it's some <laughs> going to define him to, to live up to this expectation that he kind of built up for himself. He just has to go in and do his job and whatever else happens, happens. And that seems to be the, the best way to eliminate some of that pressure, to eliminate some of that um, overwhelming complex that he almost created for himself to try to be good enough. And that's never going to work for anyone, especially someone who, who tends to press as much as Colton does when, uh, when he gets a little ahead of himself and, and tries to do too much. So it, it's obviously yet to be seen, but this could be a very good thing for Colton in the long run. And hopefully so, because this is the key year for Colton Wong. I, I just don't – I think that it can't be overstated how important this year is for him. If he can come out – and I'm not saying he has to be an all-star, but if he can be an average to above-average second baseman, then, you know, he's got a chance of having a, either a career in St. Louis or at least be a trade ship and the Cardinals can move him if they wanted to. And, and honestly, I don't think that they want to. I think they want him to be here for quite some time and be very effective for quite some time. But if he struggles again this year, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for the Cardinals to hold on to him and somebody, you know, who thinks they can get that talent out of him may take a chance on him. Um, But the Cardinals really need a good Colton Wong. And I think, you know, when Colton Wong is right, when he is going well, uh, he's one of the more dynamic players on the team. It's just that doesn't happen as often as we would like. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully with that new mindset and a little bit more of a let's just get right to playing type of attitude, then um, then it'll work out pretty well. Scrolling down here through the the warm up update here, it's uh, you know the, John Mosellock said the uh, Major League Baseball still hasn't updated them on the hacking scandal, which feels like it was like five years ago now. Um, I think it's only been like two, but it feels like, you know, everything is done. Chris Korea is, set, is, is sentenced. He's serving his time. Um, why the baseball can't come around and say, okay, this is what the punishment's going to be, seems very strange to me. I don't, I don't know what we'll see and and if anything will come out of it, but it, it feels kind of strange that that baseball is taking so long on this, doesn't it? It does, and I wonder if they're concerned about the possibility of, of setting some sort of precedent or what the the kind of ripple effects might be, um, which is all good and well, but I don't, I don't know how much more investigating can be done at this point. I think they probably have to know everything there is to know um, about this situation and everyone that's uh, going to be affected by it. So um, I, it's I agree. I think it's a little bit strange as far as what they're possibly waiting for or what they're trying to still uncover or, or what information might not be clear yet. I I don't know. Um, Because it doesn't seem like there's any, anything left uh, as far as this story goes, unless, you know, they're just trying to hold on to it long enough that nobody really cares anymore. (laughs) Um. So I don't know. It's you're right. It's weird, and it seems like it's never going to end. And I think everyone's just tired of thinking about it. Yeah, it just you know I think a lot of people would like to just say the Cardinals have served their time and 
and, you know, it was just one guy. But it feels like the organization has to be punished in some sort of way, just, you know, and I'm sure that no matter what the court organization or the commissioner's office does, a whole lot of people won't be happy with it because they'll think the Cardinals, unless they say, you know, burn down Bush Stadium and disband the team, then <laughs> then people might be happy. But, um, <clears throat> you know, for the most part, it feels like it just needs to be done with whatever it's going to be. Uh, John Mosellock also said that that whole uh, idea of Brian Dozier to the Cardinals, that Twins second baseman, um, he didn't even know anything about it, really. Uh, that was pretty much all fake, um, which, you know, again, we, as we go back to Colton a little bit, you know, the Cardinals have been very supportive of Colton Wong. It did seem very strange that then all of a sudden they were looking at making a trade for a position that they at least felt like was pretty full. Um, and so – I guess it's not surprising that that there wasn't really nothing to that. No, and I think that that's a, a good thing to come out and say at this point, uh, if for no other reason than to kind of assure Colton that yeah, no, that wasn't. We weren't really looking at that. You're still our guy. Um, <laughs> we just we can't control Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, nobody can control Twitter, unfortunately. Um. Marco Gonzalez thinks he'll be ready for the spring. I think this this part actually solves a question that I have had quite some time. I was kind of of the impression that Marco Gonzalez was out of options, but um, in Derek Gould's story here, he says that, you know, the expectation is he'll open the season in Memphis' starting rotation. And if that's the case, if he has a chance to be an option, he can pitch in AAA this year. That really helps out the Cardinals to have a little bit more of that depth. I know we still have enough, you know, six arms for five starts, not five starting spots, not even counting Marco Gonzalez. But having a guy like that as your, you know, you know, emergency starter if you need him, I mean, that's just got to be very, very comforting for the Cardinals, assuming that Marco Gonzalez is back to what he could be. Of course. You always want to have that guy that you can go get if you need him. Last year it ended up um, after a, a bizarre sequence of events and a bunch of different pieces of the scenario – being Mike Myers, and that didn't really go well. So you always like to have a guy that you can go down and, and grab if you have an injury or if you need a start. And um, to see Marco Gonzalez in the the light that we did when we saw him first break into the big leagues, he definitely has the potential to be that guy, to be a guy that you can count on when you need him from Memphis. But while he's down there on the, at the AAA level, he can continue to get his work in and continue to improve on his pitches and continue to do some of those things that will lend itself to being a part of a big league rotation at some point, even if it doesn't fall into place for him that way this year. So uh, everything about that I think is great for the Cardinals and for, for Marco himself coming off of the injury last season. Um, the, uh, you know, the day, the first day being snowed, iced out meant that Dexter Fowler did not make it into St. Louis, but apparently, um, he's already getting involved in this rivalry with the Cubs. Uh, he saw a lot of his former teammates in, uh, Chris Bryant's wedding last week and Anthony Rizzo came up to him and said, it's 2017. I can't talk to you anymore. Um, it's got to be interesting for him to to get on this side of things. But I mean, it's I mean, obviously he's got friends over there. That's it's it's different. But if from everything we've seen of Dexter Fowler, he's really embracing the fact that that's in the past and the Cardinals are the future. Yeah, I think that if there's a kind of personality that is best 
suited for making that jump from one side of a rivalry to the other. Dexter Fowler seems to be it. I mean, he seems to be the kind of guy that um, will embrace whatever situation that he's in and, and really take advantage of the, the energy that uh, something like a rivalry brings to the table. So I think that he's excited to kind of show um, that he can do what he did in Chicago somewhere else. It seems like he's um, really ready for the opportunity to try to be that spark plug, be the um, maybe the, <laughs> the missing piece of the puzzle for a different team. Um, but I also think that he's just a guy that, that likes to have fun and, and it's, you know, it's fun to have that kind of back and forth for the fans and the players get into it as well. So if there's anyone that can embrace the Chicago to St. Louis move, I think that Dexter Fowler is definitely that guy. Yeah, I, I agree. And then, and it's going to be fun to see him and, and how that's, that goes along uh, throughout the year uh, with him against his, his former team. Uh, and finally, looking at the Cardinals' website, it looks like they have changed their tagline. The last couple of years has been tradition meets today. Now it is there's only one Cardinals baseball. If you were to pick one of those, which one do you like the best? I'm afraid, I wish I could come back with I can't remember what it was before tradition meets today. I'm sure it was something else. Um, what do you think? Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's only one Cardinals baseball. Um I'm not really sure where they're going with that, to be completely <laughs> honest. Um, I'm I'm trying to re- – like, where tradition meets today is kind of the very classic Cardinals thing. Um, but I'm I'm not really sure what the – what the story is behind that new tagline. So um, I, I don't know if I can really give a fair assessment or a choice between the two other than to say, I'm not really sure where they're going with that. So maybe we need a little time. Yeah, maybe so. You're right. That's it, and, and it's a little <laughs> bit unwieldy. Anytime you have a, a plural noun like Cardinals in the middle of a sentence like that, um, tradition meets yeah. today actually would seem to be very good for the Cardinals, you know, as, as much as they like to embrace their history, uh, and then to still be successful in the in the current era. So, you know, that really seemed to do well. Um, I can't, like I said, I, I feel like I should know the one that was before that. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, but if, if given, I, I think this one, this one may not last. I think tradition meets today was at least two years. I don't know that this one makes it. Maybe maybe they can come up with a new one by an all-star break. Maybe it's just a placeholder, you know, and then when they get the spring break or spring training, uh, you know, they'll have something really good. But, kind of like the um, kind of Chargers logo that all of a sudden wasn't the Chargers' new logo anymore. This is just, it's not right. really the tagline. Right. It's, just, it's just what we're putting there now. <laughs> yeah. W- once the Chargers realized that there was this little team in, in, out in L.A. already that used similar colors, that it that right. kind of had been there for a little while, um, so little they kind of had to change things. So a little bit. So, <laughs> all right. Well, Tara and I will come back at you sometime. Probably it may be bef- right around the time the pitchers and catchers report. Um, but until then, uh, check us out, Tara. Well, she's too busy to do bird seeds, I think, right now. But hopefully, soon we will will do that. Did I see you have a have gotten the green screen working now? Potentially. It's closer than it's ever been before, but we're still working out a few of the details. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you can find me at uh, C70 as the bat over at the Cardinal Conclave. So until next time, good night. <laughs>